0: Hello, I'm Andy Viano, a staff writer at the Flathead Beacon. Today is Friday, March 20th, and this is the Beacon's daily update on the novel coronavirus, COVID-19, and its impact on the Flathead Valley. Today, I spoke with our managing editor, Myers-Reese, to get updates on how the providers of social services are maintaining their operations during the coronavirus outbreak. Before we get to that conversation, a reminder that this episode is made possible by members of the Flathead Beacon Editors Club. Editors Club members pay as little as $5 per month and are the engine that drives the Beacon's reporting and helps us provide that reporting for free to readers and listeners throughout Northwest Montana. Also, this podcast is now available on Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, and Acast. So if you're listening on FlatheadBeacon.com and want to bring this show with you, subscribe using one of those platforms. We are hoping to have episodes available on Apple Podcasts very soon. And now here's today's interview with Myers-Reese. I'll be back at the end of this episode with more of the latest news and information related to COVID-19. All right, so joined today by Flathead Beacon Managing Editor Myers-Reese. Myers, thank you very much for uh, taking time out of what I know is a very busy day today.
1: Uh, Yes, it is, but I'm happy to be here.
0: So we're going to go through a couple of the pieces of this story that you've been working on and, and want to start with the story you wrote yesterday about the food banks here in the Flathead Valley. there uh, you know, been a lot of talk about runs on supermarkets, but but it sounds like the food banks have been dealing with their own pretty pretty high demand here in the last few days.
1: Yeah, and
0: it's also
1: part of it is tied to what you just mentioned. People are clearing out grocery stores, and that's a big source of Food and supplies for the local food banks, so they sort of have a, a dual supply and demand issue um, going on right now. They have more people who are coming to the food bank because they perhaps lost their job or temporarily not um, receiving income and just needing some uh, emergency food. So you're seeing the demand increase there, and uh, there there's just less food available. The food banks are barely getting any from grocery stores. They still have their other uh, wholesale sources and things of that nature, but grocery stores account for about 50% of the food they get, and it's essentially just not not coming right now because grocery stores don't really have food to donate. And to give you an idea of the increased demand, Jesse Lee from North Valley Food Bank said on They've never had more than 40 families come in on a Wednesday, and this Wednesday, they had 125, and we're expecting 200 on Thursday, which is an, an influx. It's, it's almost, almost hard to believe.
0: Like with everything else, it seems in this story, things are changing all the time. Can you update our, our listeners on what, what has been happening today? I guess as we speak here at 2 o'clock Friday afternoon. Uh, What the latest is and how the food bank is is catching up, trying to catch up?
1: Yeah, so Attorney General Tim Fox held a conference call this morning with the Montana Food Bank Network CEO and the Helena Food Bank Executive Director. And they they echoed a lot of the points that the local food bank directors had. Basically, you're seeing this increased demand plus uh, shortages in supply across the state. And they did reiterate some some points that um, both local food directors made, which is just the really the need for the community to help support them and I know Jamie Quinn from the Flathead Food Bank and Jesse from north valley they while of course food donations are always welcome, they did emphasize that right now financial donations are are mm-hmm. most important and just the most effective way of supporting them. Um, you know, if you, if you look at through their wholesale channels and relationships, uh, Jamie from the Flathead Food Bank said they can, they can purchase at a purchasing power that basically pencils out to 60 cents per meal, which is quite a bit more bang for the buck than, you know, people are going to get from going to the retail and then donating that food. So uh, financial donations, wherever you are, look up your local food bank and give them a call to ask what their specific needs are. And then as far as some of the developments that have happened recently, I do know Jamie from Flathead Food Bank was planning to make a run to Missoula today to get loads of food through the Emergency Food Assistance Program. And then also just this afternoon on their Facebook page, they thanked Sportsman and Ski House for donating 695 pounds of freeze-dried food. So there's already uh, people, communities just stepping up. So hopefully they won't get to a point where they actually run out of food. We're seeing the community stepping up and filling in some of those voids.
0: That's great. I know you've also been talking to uh, folks in, in, who are helping out the homeless community here locally. What have you heard from from them?
1: Yeah, I spoke with Chris Crager, the executive director of Samaritan House today. And he described uh, what he called a, quote, perfect storm of difficult circumstances over there right now. Um, like the food banks, they've seen an influx in, in demand, requests for shelter. But at the same time, they've seen their donations go down and uh, volunteers go down. So they, they are um, basically, they usually have capacity for about 65 people in the shelter, but they add more capacity in the winter because demand goes up. And they, they typically um, get rid of those roll-away beds for the winter overflow, but they are keeping those beds in anticipation of not only the current increased demand, but he anticipates just based off of people losing their jobs being out of work that he's gonna get a second big wave in about three weeks.
0: I wonder if you can expand a little on that, and, and maybe even as it relates to the food bank or other social services that that are out there. And there is, I think, an anticipation among most people watching this story that that this is just the beginning and not close to the end. What sort of long term contingencies are are being set up by places beyond Samaritan House, other other places that are that are serving people in need? for not just this week, but, you know, weeks and and maybe even months down the road?
1: Well, honestly, I think everybody is kind of in the same boat of just trying to figure this out, you know, on on the fly. As uh, Jamie from the Flat Food Bank told me, she said, quote, this is unprecedented. There's nothing in modern history to use as a guideline. So social services, just like everybody else, they're, they're figuring it out as everything unfolds. But the state also has it has options for helping people and has altered some some rules as well to, to provide additional assistance for folks. So for one, the Department of Public Health and Human Services has a public assistance helpline set up, and that's 1888-706-1535. And that's for things like SNAP and TAMP and health care coverage. And then uh, Governor Bullock last week also announced emergency rules to make unemployment benefits accessible to workers laid off uh, due to COVID-19. And he waived the typical one-week waiting period for receiving benefits. So he basically tweaked those rules just to try to accommodate Folks who have either been laid off or maybe they're quarantined or they're having to stay home like many people are with their kids, which is causing them to not be able to show up at work. So people who think they might be eligible for that, they can apply online at montanaworks.gov or by calling the Unemployment Insurance Division, which is 444-2545. I will say that when I looked at the website today, it had a notification saying they're experiencing heavy traffic, and it could be slow, unresponsive, or down, which just gives you an idea of, of the demand for people seeking unemployment benefits.
0: Myers, thank you very much for, uh, for the time and, and for all your reporting on, on these subjects.
1: Yeah, thank you. And I guess one thing I would add from my interview with Jamie Quinn at the Flathead Food Bank and one thing that really struck me is is she she wanted to not make it all in her words doom and gloom, and she brought up all these different examples of the community really stepping up in creative ways to you know help their neighbors and i I just kind of thought it's important to to hear reminders like that that we still have you know we have great people working selflessly on behalf of their community and neighbors and just to have that reminder the endurance of human compassion in a in a pretty rough time right now so i i thought that was important to to keep in mind i'm glad she she brought that up
0: absolutely all right well thanks again myers really appreciate it
1: all right thank you andy
0: Here's the latest news on the novel coronavirus, also known as COVID-19, as of 4.30 p.m. on Friday, March 20th. The first two cases of COVID-19 in Flathead County were reported late Friday afternoon. The two men, one in his 50s and another in his 30s, had both, quote, engaged in domestic, out-of-state travel, according to a press release distributed by the Flathead City County Health Department. The man in his 50s is not a resident of Flathead County, but the man in his 30s is. The Health Department and Kalispell Regional Healthcare will hold a joint press conference to discuss the cases Saturday at 10 a.m. You can get an update from that press conference at FlatheadBeacon.com or on Saturday's episode of this podcast. Then early Friday evening, Kalispell Regional Healthcare confirmed that one of the two men with COVID-19 is a healthcare worker who had traveled and then returned to work. KRH Director of Communications and Marketing Melody Sharpton wrote in an email that, quote, this situation has caused some of the KRH family to be exposed to COVID-19 and, as such, we expect that there could be other positives. Again, there will be a press conference Saturday morning and information will be updated as we get it at FlatheadBeacon.com. Elsewhere, the state of Montana closed all restaurants, bars, gyms, and a number of other publicly accessible businesses as of 8 p.m. today, echoing a countywide order issued by Flathead County Public Health Officer Hillary Hansen on Thursday. Restaurants and bars can still offer carryout and delivery services during the closure. For more information, visit FlatheadBeacon.com. Also on Friday, Governor Bullock extended the state's tax filing deadline to July 15th, matching the announcement made earlier in the day by Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin, who said the federal government would do the same. Mnuchin said the decision to delay tax payments would leave $300 billion in the national economy. And finally, we offered to answer listener questions during this podcast, and we received one earlier this week from listener Kevin, who asked about the ways the food supply chain has been impacted by the recent run on goods at local grocery stores. Well, I spoke with Randy McIntyre, a vice president at Super One Foods earlier today, who said there's no reason to believe grocery stores won't be able to keep up with the increased demand, and added that the run on goods that overwhelmed some stores last weekend has actually stabilized in the last few days. McIntyre compared the four-day run earlier this week to a busy Thanksgiving or Fourth of July, albeit one the stores were not anticipating, calling it a brief "quote shock to the supply chain. If you have a question you'd like to have answered on this show, email it to andy at flatheadbeacon.com. We'll be back with a new episode of this podcast tomorrow, Saturday in the evening. In the meantime, check flatheadbeacon.com for the latest information. That's all for now. Thanks for listening.